I've never shared that uh, this picture with anybody else except my wife. And uh, that night, I came back and listened to this song. I don't know, about three in the morning, and I just couldn't stop playing the song because we loved Tupac. <laughs> it's almost like Tupac's lyrics raised us as kids. And we used to always just rap these songs. We used to just perform them. And uh, this song will forever remind me of my cousin. That night was probably one of the most painful, surreal moments I've ever experienced in my entire life. I'll never forget the screams of my cousin, Sabrina, um, my cousin Johnny's Thea, uh, Minerva, and cousin Tori, and his girlfriend, Tanya, my mom, my dad, Josiah, Angelina were there. Those screams haunt me to this day. I've never heard wailing and weeping the way I did that night. And I can't even explain it. It's like I was punched in the stomach and I just couldn't breathe. All I could do was just fall to the grass right there on Rinaldi on the front of Holy Cross Hospital and just just weep like that hurt you know when you I don't know if you remember getting like punch in the stomach when you're a kid like literally your wind is knocked out of you and you can't breathe and you just hurt and you're crying my cousin didn't drink maybe I'll stop him um, and I snapped that picture just to remind myself I guess in that very moment what I was feeling and to never forget that and I sent it to my wife Priscilla and um, up until now she's the only one who's seen that picture of me I don't really cry. I don't have a problem with not crying. I just don't really cry. Um, not that I'm like, think I'm, you know, some machismo dude who doesn't cry, a tough guy. I have no problem crying. I just don't really cry. I don't know if I'm just like callous, which I know I'm not. I just, I know I can be, but this, this death of my cousin Johnny completely rocked my world, rocked my understanding of what I thought I knew about death. Like I said on one of my Instagram posts, I've always had a a good handle on death and understanding, a good grasp on death. 
I know it's part of life. It's just, you know, it's part of the cycle. But this one just, just shook all of that to the core. And um, just flipped it upside down. I just knew he was going to make it. I think we all did. We just knew he was going to pull through. Like Johnny was the strongest, toughest dude I've, I've ever known. So we just thought, knew he was going to come through. And just every single day, I just can't help but think he's supposed to be here. Like he's supposed to be right here. Like I could just call him and just, I feel like I could just call him right now. And he would, he would answer and say, what up black? And I'd be like, what's up white? That was our little inside joke that we would always have. He, he would call him black. I'd call him white. <clears throat> and, um, I just still can't believe it. Here we are December 1st and I'm still in shock. I try to record a podcast leading up to the funeral and I couldn't do it. I couldn't, I couldn't, I literally couldn't get through the pod. I, just, I kept breaking down. I really wanted to say or record something and talk about what happened a lot sooner. I just couldn't do it. And then here I am going on a video for the very first time on the pod, which I've always had the capability of doing. I just never done it. And part of, why I wanted to record and revive this podcast and, and even do video now because I know this is what I, I love this this is my my outlet my platform I love doing this from the very beginning this has always been a, a, a my therapy my outlet my creative outlet to do and I let it slack off and die for a while but um my cousin picked me up for my birthday, the end of August. I had the date written down. I, I think it's August 28th, where he took me for a late birthday uh, lunch. And we were hanging out right here in this very room. Um, so you can see, uh, this is the, the trap house. And uh, we were kicking it in here, just chopping it up, talking. He wanted to... Uh, hear me spin on the turntables there on the mixer on the uh, controller some some music we're talking about salsa music he was putting me up on all of his all of his salsa jams and um he wanted to record podcasts and i was like nah man i don't want to hear your flat earth you know uh joe rogan aliens gonna probe us type stuff <laughs> we're you know just joking around and he's like come on black let's let's get into it let's get into it and i was like nah man i just blew it off and we we're just joking about it but he really wanted to sit down and talk man and i just regret so much that i didn't sit down hit record and just talk to my cousin because we could just we would do that we could just chop it up for for hours and just goof off talk just just be brothers 
and um, I didn't do it. And I feel terrible about that. Would have loved to hear his um, his voice. Number one, hear his laugh. His laugh was so infectious, and and you just couldn't help but laugh when you heard him laugh. And just hear where he was at, and th- in this moment in, in time. In case you didn't know, my cousin um, Johnny passed away. I don't have no notes. I have nothing. My phone is being, I'm using this to record, so I can't even look up the dates, but he passed away, I believe, August 6th. Not August 6th, October 6th or 4th. I'm pretty sure it's the 6th. He was in the hospital. He went into the hospital with COVID on September 9th, Angelina's birthday. And I didn't even know he was in the hospital until a few weeks later uh, when he called me that he was in there. And, um, you know, he, he, from my understanding, he, he didn't want to go into the hospital and, um, took about three or four days for him to, for his girlfriend to actually take him because he's so stubborn. He was like, oh no, you know, I'll be good. I'm all right. You know? And from my understanding is that he was so sick, like he couldn't even walk from the bathroom to, to his bedroom. And it was at that point, like, man, you got to go in. So they finally got him to go. And um, I don't know. I just can't help but think if he got in there sooner, he would still be with us. And um, in his mind, you know, he was a, a conspiracy dude. You know, he didn't necessarily. Oh, man, here's our song. I mentioned earlier, we used to like perform these lyrics and rap out these songs as kids, teenagers. And uh, this was our jam. Uh, Johnny was always Pac. He would rap Pac's part and I would rap uh, Snoop's part. Show up. Oh man, so I'm just playing. I'm just playing jams that remind me of my cousin. So he didn't want to go in, and in his mind, if he went in there, he wasn't coming out. And and he was he was right. He called me and it was like, "Yo, you got to get me out of here. You got to get me out of here." And I didn't know what to do. I, we, you know, we couldn't do anything. They weren't letting anybody in. There was only two people on the list, and I just, you know, there's nothing I could do, but just encourage him because he was just in a real, you know, fragile, stressed um, state, and um, he uh, he was just freaking out didn't want to be in there and uh, I don't know I still live with that too like man what is there so there's something else we can do I made phone calls I called administrators of the hospital people who serve on the board and you know they assured me that you know they're doing everything that they could to help him I 
uh, it wasn't until my cousin Sabrina, who lived in Arizona, came down and kind of got us all together with his kids. And, you know, just kind of coming up with a plan on, on for when he gets out and just coming together. I, Sabrina, I just want to thank you for just, number one, taking that leadership role. You and Bruno. Love you guys. Kicked off the whole thing to where we were coming together as a family to, to in our minds, be there to help support him as he recovers. And Sunday night, we went out to eat <clears throat> with um, my cousin's kids, Leah, Lindsay, Luke, Bruno, Sabrina, myself and my parents, Pastor Rudy and Annette, my mom and dad. And we left feeling really good about the plan we had. We were going to get together on Monday, have a barbecue. As a matter of fact, we were, I literally had just fired up the, the smoker, the Traeger. And it was the most surreal thing. It was hot. I mean, we're in December. It's like 90 degrees today, but it was hot that day. Or it was, it had been hot. And then that day, it just got cold, stormy, thunder, lightning, and it just started raining. Literally, as we got the phone call that he had taken the turn for the worse and they said that he wasn't may not make it that night and our hearts just just dropped and we just took off to the hospital and we were there all night till like four in the morning just just there being there everybody showed up his family his friends and we were just waiting for the news, you know, that he was going to be okay. And, uh, sorry, I'm trying to cue up some music here. I'm playing Leah's playlist, her dad playlist. These are all songs that he liked. And we just never left the hospital since that Monday. We were around, around the, around the clock, just hanging out there for three days. We had set up shop to watch the Dodger game. I think it was, um, I think it was that uh, playoff game they had. I forgot who they played. I, I honestly, it's just a blur at this point. But the Dodgers had won, had won that night. And literally right after, right after they won, we got the, the call that he passed away. And, you know, like how I said in the beginning, that's, that's, um, where I started out this podcast with. I know I'm just rambling at this point, but. I just wanted to talk about it, get it out. I have this book here. I haven't even started reading it yet, but it's um called Open and Relational Theology. It's from a guy named Thomas J. Ord, 
who wrote a book called God Can't. And I haven't read it yet, but I know the premise of it. It's like, I don't buy the idea like, oh, God needed him in heaven or God needed him more than what we needed him here for. I think that's stupid, to be honest. I mean, no offense if you believe that. I just don't believe that. I think that's such a cop out. Of course, we needed him here. The world needed him here. His family needed him here. His kids needed him here. He was on a path of 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 following Jesus. He was on the right path. He was doing everything right. And my cousin, you know, didn't do everything right. He's made some huge mistakes and he would be the first to admit them. But he was on the path to repair many of the wrongs that he had done. And he was on the right path. He was doing a weekly Bible study. From my understanding, it was a couple times a week. He was doing, he was feeding the homeless. Uh, very active in, 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 in the Bible study, in church. Whenever I pop in in my dad's church, he was always there with Alyssa. Loved to be in church, loved to be there at my dad's church at Faith Center in, in uh, Las, at Las Palmas Park in San Fernando. And um, he, was, he was doing everything right, man. He was on the right path. He was mending relationships. You know, there's no question, there's no doubt for everyone who knows us. Like, you know, he had a, or him, he had a, you know, he, he, he made mistakes, you know, and, and he had strained relationships with even his, his kids, his older kids. But he loved his kids so much and he wanted to mend that relationship with his kids. And he was on the path to do that. And he didn't get a chance to. And, uh, you know, I've, I've told Leah, Luke and Lindsay this, like, you know, there was so many, there was different versions of your dad. You know, I'd known him at every one. He was my brother. Like, literally, we're the same age. I'm a couple months older than him. And we grew up together. And when I say grew up together, you know, we were babies, you know, together. And then when we moved from San Francisco to Los Angeles, I was eight years old and you know, you're a kid, you're, you're a kid still. And like, man, it's your, I was always at my cousin's house and, um, always just together. And as we grew up, we did everything, you know, we ex did so many first experiences, <laughs> you know, we did some crazy things. We did a lot of dumb things, you know, as kids and, um, <laughs> your memories, you just never forget, but there was just different, different versions of, of my cousin. I was telling, you know, his kids like, man, you know, as kids, we grew up in church and we just rebelled. We didn't want anything to do with that. And, um, but those seeds were always there. The, um, sorry, let me adjust this. It's like peeking out. Check one, two. There we go. And, um, but those seeds of, of, of God's love were always with us. 
I don't think they ever left us. And it wasn't until later in his life that he came back to that, to, you know, his first love in God and following the Lord. And that's what I meant when I said that there was different versions of him. You know, some, some of his friends, his homies knew him when he was crazy. That fool was nuts. That fool would knock out dudes with one punch. You know what I mean? Huge. Um pothead who <laughs> started smoking we were kids man like 12 years old so you know when he got locked up he he completely stopped when he got out completely stopped that alone was a, a miracle and we got to spend a lot of time together when he came out i had lost my job and you know he was trying to get back into the groove and we just hung out all day playing video games for a lot of times um got me the hookup on uh on that disability hookup showed me that thing in the when i lost my job and um you know that was that was the uh the homie that hooked it up and uh we just hung out, man. We have videos just playing video games, taking rides, picking up the kids. Just so many good memories, but. Um, I'm just going blank right now at this point. Sorry, guys. I just wanted to um, say how much I uh, love and miss miss you, Johnny. Your service, your funeral was was beautiful. I've never seen so many grown men cry. Not just cry. I mean, like weep. Grown men hardened dudes man who's seen some stuff just weep for my cousin his boys loved him he loved his boys like he was the most loyal friend from talking to his homies like they would do anything for him anything because he would do that for them his family you know he loved his his uh his family his uh his grandmothers you know his uncles and aunts and His brothers, brothers and sister. And um, his parents, obviously, of course. Man, such a, just a wonderful soul, a beautiful human being. Always had all the ladies, could get any woman he wanted at any point. <laughs> I mentioned that in the service. But man, that service was one of the hardest I've ever I've ever been a part of and uh, I made a video for him slideshow I'm gonna post a link in the uh, notes in the notes to this video and um, hope you guys can get a chance to watch it but what I was saying earlier about you know the different versions of him he was you know all those different versions he came back to his to his first love to our upbringing of 
being a, a man of faith and a good character, just a stand-up human being. And um, like I said, man, it's just um, we're gonna miss him. I'm glad that I've been able to get closer to his kids. Um, I would see Alyssa often at church and he loved, he loved his baby girl Alyssa so much, man. He, I've really felt like he was really trying to, you know, on his second chance around, write the mistakes that he did with his other three with Alyssa. So, you know, he was always had her in church, always spending time with her and taking her out, you know, to her games and just there. And, and he did, he did, did a lot of that too with his first three, but you know, things had happened and, you know, he wasn't there with them the last few years with them. But like I said, he just was, he was getting ready. He was on that path to mend that. But I got to recently just get to get to know my nieces and my nephew and um they know this already but you know we'll always be there for for them love you guys um there's a video of my cousin saying how important our words are and he's saying this from experience he's giving a, t a toast at a wedding and giving this incredible advice to the newlyweds and everyone who's listening about, you know, not letting your tongue say things that you will regret later, you know, and it's a beautiful video. Um, just love you, man. Miss you. Can't wait to see you again. Every day, you know, I feel like I'm the grief, the pain never goes away. You just hope you just work on yourself every day that you would grow yourself, you know, and, and every day kind of just deal with it a little bit more. You know what I mean? And uh, I guess that's it. love you we're gonna look out for your kids the whole community you know your homies family we'll always look out for them I want to give a special shout out to Priscilla and Bayes Beads Nevea Angelina for raising um, putting in a lot of work we made a bunch of these really dope bracelets oh sorry wrong hand <laughs> I had one that said F you on it and I realized it was in the in the video so I switched it but we had these Johnny bracelets made and um let's see I don't know if you can see that there it is Baze Beads made a bunch of these bracelets and we gave them to the family and we sold a lot and we sold sold enough to give his kids a, you know a nice chunk of money um just just to bless them um so big shout out to y'all. Love you. And uh, 
man until we meet again brother i love you i made it through this whole pod without crying i've shed many a tears and um i can't wait to see you again brother i love you